0: Hi everybody, we're jumping into Acts chapter 12 today, so let's get started. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the Apostle James, this was John's brother, killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. This took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. They passed the first and second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city, and this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street, and then the angel suddenly left him. Peter finally came to his senses. It's really true, he said, the Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. He motioned for them to quiet down and told them how the Lord had led him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers what happened, he said. And then he went to another place. At dawn, there was a great commotion among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. Herod Agrippa, <laughs> Herod Agrippa ordered a thorough search for him. When he couldn't be found, Herod interrogated the guards and sentenced them to death. Afterward, Herod left Judea to stay in Caesarea for a while. Now Herod was, a very, was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. So they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their cities were dependent on Herod's country for food. The delegates won the support of Blastus, Herod's personal assistant, and an appointment with Herod was granted. When the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. The people gave him a great ovation, shouting, It's the voice of a god, not of man. Instantly, An angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Meanwhile, the word of God continued to spread, and there were many new believers. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission to Jerusalem, they returned taking John Mark with them. Now, um, you know, it's baseball season, right? You know it's baseball season? Okay. So, um, I thought that I would start today with uh, just a few baseball jokes. Uh, Because it's baseball season, but there's no baseball. And, uh, you know, so I've got my Royals gear on, got my Cardinals gear on. Um, Just want to show some love to the baseball that is not being played right now. Anyways... First baseball joke, the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I knew you'd laugh at that. Someone out there is laughing at that. Someone out there is not laughing at that. Anyways, here's here's another one. Okay, um, what sport does God love? You guessed it, it's baseball. Uh, because at the very beginning of the Bible, it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the big inning. (laughs) All right, last one. Here we go. Um, So uh, there's this guy named Bob. And uh, Bob didn't believe that Fred's dog could talk. So Fred asked his dog, uh, what's on top of the house? And the dog said, roof. But uh, Bob wasn't convinced. So Fred asked the dog, how sandpaper feels. And the dog said, Ruff! Right? Okay. And so Bob um, still wasn't convinced. And so finally, Fred asked his dog, he said, Who is the greatest baseball player of all time? And the dog said, "Ruth." And at that, Bob turned and walked away, shaking his head in disbelief that he could even imagine that this dog was actually going to talk. And so after Bob left, the dog turned to Fred and said, he must have thought it was Hank Aaron. (laughs) All right, all right, enough of the jokes. But just like stories of baseball uh, tend to take me back uh, to memories in my past. Like I I can remember... Uh, baseball stories. I can remember uh, games I went to. Um, when anybody starts talking about baseball, I think about places that I that I was at one point in time in life and what had happened and and um, anyways, when I read Acts twelve, I see scriptures that point to other scriptures that give us wisdom for the life that we are living. So uh, baseball makes me think back to memories. Uh, When I read Acts 12, I think of other Bible scriptures, because it's like the Bible was written, and there are different parts of the Bible that support or hold up other parts of the Bible. And so I I think about that a lot here in Acts 12, so we're going to jump right in. And uh, today's message is just called Words of Wisdom, because I think there are a lot of good wisdom pieces here in Acts chapter 12 that we can we can gain and we can, we can pick up on here in our This is the Church series. So Acts 12 begins with uh, a terrible story, actually. It says, about that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church, and he had the apostle James, this was John's brother, killed with a sword you know peter james and john this is a guy who was part of the original 12 and then he was the inner in the inner circle uh with james with peter and john he followed jesus into the garden of gethsemane and uh, this is a guy who would think uh, would not would not be killed but here in just acts 12 12 chapters into the book of acts Uh, we find that the first disciple has been killed. And so anyways, uh, about that time, King Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the Apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. And there's just something that just feels unjust about someone dying before living a full life. I remember one of my mom's cousins uh, died when I was real young. And he was like 21. Uh, I remember him working at my grandparents' house, uh, helping them through the summer, uh, cutting the grass. Uh, they had uh, a garden, a farm, you know, they had a goat one time. But I remember this guy was helping my, my grandparents and, and he just seemed so young and vibrant. And then just like a year or two later, he was dead. And I didn't understand that as a kid. And I didn't have any idea what the word cancer meant. I, I, I couldn't understand it. And why, why cancer would even um, take someone so young. How could someone whose body is so strong uh, within a year or two um, overcome that person? Um, anyways, um, I'm sure that you can relate uh, with people you know. But I also have lost cousins. Uh, one cousin died suddenly um, when his heart just quit. And another cousin uh, died, and he had cancer. And both of them were in their 30s. So how do you we how do we explain to people why bad things happen to good people? How do we do that? Well, uh the response that I have gotten when I ask and the answer that I sometimes give is this, that it sometimes rains on the just and the unjust. Now, uh, that one question is kind of off a little bit where it says, um, why do bad things happen to good people Uh, the real answer to that is that none of us are good. The Bible even says there's only one uh, person who is good, and that is Jesus and God the Father. He is a good, good Father. Um, Because we were born sinful. uh, We were born uh, not good. (laughs) And uh, so we have to be saved from our not goodness. (laughs) And uh, however, We think about these things when we think about is it fair or not? Like, um, has he lived a bad enough life for this to happen to him? (laughs) And and so, when we think about the fairness scale, there really isn't a fairness scale. So, um, it rains on the just and the unjust. And I just want to start here uh, because we all go through struggles, we all go through troubles, we all go through trials. And we will all go through death. And you know, none of us are guaranteed what length of life that we will get to live. When I read the first part here of Acts 12, I think about this. I think, why James? Why did James die? But why did Peter get to live? You see, because it's right back to back. James dies... Peter is arrested because when James died, the King Agrippa was like, oh, yeah, that had a lot of likes, (laughs) a lot of thumbs up from the people here in the region. And so I'm just going to go and try to arrest the rest of the disciples. So he arrests Peter with the intention of killing him. And so why does James die? But why does Peter live? And so the answer is, because it rains on the just and the unjust. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. In fact, um, the scripture that I'm quoting here is actually words that came from Jesus' mouth. Um, In Matthew chapter 5, 43 through 45, Jesus says, You've heard that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So why do good things happen to people we consider good? Why do bad things happen to people we consider good? Why do good things happen to people we consider bad? Why do bad things happen to people we consider bad? Well, uh, actually there's no set pattern, no set reason, other than it shines on people and it rains on people. And uh, that's just words of wisdom that I have lived by. Like, why is this happening to me? Well... um, because I'm a person, because things happen. I know that uh, might not be uh, the most loved response, but that is that is a response, <laughs> because things just happen. Um, the second part of this, um, so that's words of wisdom, it rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, the second part of this is, is this part of the scripture here, Um, where uh, Peter actually gets up and walks out of prison. Um, And you can can say uh, the reason was is because Peter had a a, a more prolific future. Uh, He had more things to do. Uh, But we can kind of take a look a little bit here um, in Acts 12 to kind of see what prayer actually does. You see, in Acts 12, verse 5, it says, But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. You see, uh, when we were building the playground, getting um, everything ready for the playground to be built out here, Uh, We knew that we were going to have to move uh, our shed, Uh, and it seemed like it was a bit of a daunting task because uh, we used the shed, (laughs) and we wanted to be careful enough uh, that when we moved it, that it would still function as a shed when we got it to its new location. And so we thought a lot about how we were going to move it. Uh, We actually decided on moving it with a skid loader, because we were renting one anyway uh, to push some dirt around, to level off the playground surface. Uh, So we put some forks on the skid loader, and we strapped the shed uh, to the skid loader forks. And uh, Jake picked it up, and he moved it to the new location. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it, it seems like it was easy, but every foot that the shed moved was a, a, a foot of um, concern because we did not want the shed to crumble. <laughs> we didn't want it to crumble. All right. Um, so as Christians, when we pray... We are strapping our worries, our cares, our struggles, our weaknesses to our faith. And we are asking God to do the heavy lifting, knowing that he will do it. And when he does it, he will take great care in handling us fragile human beings. Because we still have a purpose, no matter what we are going through. God knows that when we move from point A to point B, that once we get to point B, we still have work to do. We still have work to do. So we might be broken in the process, but we won't be done in the process. And when I think about Acts 12... And when I think about the people praying and Peter walking out of that prison, I think about that faith can move mountains. And this is something else that Jesus said. Um, In Matthew 17, Jesus was telling his uh, disciples, he says, you don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. He said, I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. And it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Nothing would be impossible. Um, So, words of wisdom, the first words of wisdom, uh, first one is, it rains on the just and the unjust, whether we like it or not. The second part of this is that faith can move mountains. Jesus told us that it could move mountains. And I believe in Acts chapter 12 that faith broke Peter out of prison. When those Christ followers, those early believers, were meeting together in their house and they were praying fervently for something to happen. They were praying for Peter because his life was on the line. Something happened. An angel came and rescued Peter. Faith can move mountains. And finally, the last thing is this. I know you've heard this before, that pride comes before the fall. I know you've heard that. And it's right here at the end of Acts. Uh, This king, Herod Agrippa, man, uh, what a crazy guy. I mean, this guy, was he killed James trying to kill Peter, And uh, he's ticked off at a couple cities, and I guess he had so much power that these cities sent some uh, people to make peace with the king. And it says, uh, when the uh, delegates uh, won the support of, I love this name, Blastus, uh, Herod's personal assistant, um, it says, an appointment with Herod was granted. And so it says, when they arrived... Herod put on his royal robe, sat on his throne, and made a speech to them. He gave a speech. And it says, the people gave him a great ovation. A great ovation, shouting, it's the voice of a god, not of a man. And so Herod could have done multiple things here. He, uh, but we expected him to do you know, what he did. Oh, thank you, oh, thank you. Instantly, it says, an angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he accepted the people's worship instead of giving the glory to God. So he was consumed with worms and died. Reigns on the just and the unjust. But see here, um, This last piece of wisdom, Pride Comes Before the Fall, boy, I can relate to that. Uh, When we were remodeling the church here, uh, just in the kitchen uh, behind me, uh, we had to put some uh, uh, remover, like glue remover stuff, on the floor because it had this real thick black tar stuff on it. And uh, we had to put some of this goop on it to be able to... uh, scrape that stuff off and it was a crazy thing because when you put the goop on actually the spot that you put the goop on actually looked dry and the place that was dry looked wet and so uh, I was I was coming through the kitchen I had to get here into the uh, community room worship center uh, for a minute and I saw the wet And I saw the dry, and I thought, man, I can jump over the wet and make it to the dry, no problem. Like, that's only a couple feet. I can make it. I can do it. And uh, so I thought, yep, let's do it. So I kind of took a couple steps and jumped, and what I forgot was that the spot that looked wet was actually dry and the spot that looked dry was actually wet and so when i hit the spot that looked dry it was actually wet and slicker than slick and i did the splits it hurt it hurt bad (laughs) and i just remember thinking i thought i could make it i thought i could make it i thought i could jump (laughs) uh but you know pride does come before the fall, in fact, it's in the scriptures it's in proverbs sixteen eighteen when uh, King Solomon said, "Pride goes before destruction, pride goes before destruction and uh, so uh, and and uh, when we talk about words of wisdom, uh, I hope that you can think through these words in Acts 12. Not that the words that were said here, but words that were related here. uh, Pride comes before the fall. Faith can move mountains. It rains on the just and the unjust. Because uh, Scripture has a way of holding itself up. Scripture has a way of holding itself up. Now, uh, today you might be going through some things and you might be wondering, why me? And the answer is, I have no idea. I don't know why it's you and why it's not me. Or when well, the things that I go through, I don't know why it's me and it's not you. <laughs> uh, but what I do know, what I do know, is that when you pray and when I pray, it does something it changes something it moves something so if the bible is so clear to say that prayer matters that prayer can move the mountains that our faith has a power to it why is it that sometimes we forget to pray why is it sometimes that we forget that we should seek god first Instead of complain about things first, and then you know another thing when we think about, um, there are times when we feel like we are invincible, uh, like when we were young, young teenagers. We thought that we would never, um, we could never get hurt, we would never get sick. Uh, but let me tell you, I am, I am in my fortieth uh, year. I will turn forty at the end of this year, and. Um, Year 39 has not been good to me. (laughs) I hurt almost every single day. I am starting to realize that um, I am not indestructible. And one of these days, um, I'm sure that I will realize that I'm not always right either. (laughs) I'm not always indestructible. I'm not always right In fact, uh, the Bible is always right. Um, When we put our hope in ourselves instead of our hope in Jesus Christ, uh, we have pride that builds up in us. And so for some of us, um, we might be going through this uh, pandemic and thinking that we can make it. We can do it on our own. We don't need anybody else. We don't need to pray. We don't need to ask God for his provision. We just need to survive. And so let me just say that pride comes before the fall. We all need we all need Jesus. And we all need each other. And I think we're learning that as we go. So, that's all I've got. Words of wisdom from Acts 12. Uh, Take some time this week. Read through Acts 12 again. um, And next week, we'll jump into Acts 13. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you uh, for the ability to continue to dig into your scriptures. Um, even though we can't be together uh, face-to-face with each other. I know, God, that we all are going through different things right now. And we just pray, God, that you would move the mountains in our life, that you would give us the faith that we need to um, speak your promises into existence. that, God, we would look around and see people who are worse off than us and say, how can we help them? Because they might be looking at us and thinking, why are they better off than us? God, as we continue to seek you in this time, Just pray, God, that you would speak to us, that you would um, challenge us, that you would continue to move, that we could cast our cares and our burdens onto you and that you would do the heavy lifting. We love you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.